Yeah, everybody, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by. Do we, get, do we have the dreamers out there? Do we have the dreamers out there? Of course we do. Um, and this is the Dr. Pat Show. We love, to, we love to dream. We love to support you in your passion and your purpose and support you in that which is so dear to you. If you want to find out more about us, sign up for the newsletter. Get, you know, get on the inside scoop way in advance. Uh, just sign up for the newsletter on the page. It's a free newsletter. We're going to be also doing some really cool things with the newsletter. A very informative uh, once a month deal, which is going to have articles and fun things for you to do. We don't do anything with your email address uh, that isn't authorized, so you should know that. Just go to the website, drpatlive.com, drpatlive.com, sign up for the Holistic Makeover, and start to kick your life into a new gear. Anthony Flacco's joining me here today, and, you know, we're talking about the road out of hell. Yeah. And he is an acclaimed writer. Anthony is joining me here on the show today. We're going to be talking about what the road out of hell is about. And and also why that story, why that story was such an inspiration for the Oscar nominated film, The Changeling. And so what does it mean to be on that road? What does it mean to have, you know, in one's heart and in one's mind, a story that needs to be told? So Anthony is joining us here today. We're thrilled to have him. Glad he could, you know, be with us. That author, screenwriter and actor that he is joining us here. Anthony, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Wow, what a great introduction. Now I have to go totally rethink my presentation and try to live up to that. Oh, well, don't worry. Uh, we're here to know that you're already there. Well, thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Wow. How do you get as talented as someone like you is? That's well, what I want to know. That, that's very kind of you. Um, all, all I know how to do is, is be a grunt and do the sweat work. That's really it. And then mm. things have to fall into place, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's hard to do sometimes. Um, I can only tell you that my partner, uh, Charlene Martin, her favorite phrase that she uses all the time when she talks about eating an elephant one bite at a time. And, and the more you apply that, I think the more wisdom that there is, you know, that we can all accomplish great things. But you just got to keep your eye focused on the little steps, you know, one step at a time so you don't get overwhelmed. You know, this is, for me, um, doing what you do. And being just this outstanding writer and screenwriter and, you know, doing so many. And, and to, go, to get the recognition, Anthony, I think that you've gotten as well, um, is part of a conversation that I think people are longing to have. Not just about other people, but about their own lives. I think we're really in search of having who we are show up. And I wanted to ask you about The Road Out of Hell. And, you know, what part of that, and, and let's talk about it a little bit, you know, what part of The Road Out of Hell is showing up now that people need to hear? Well, I can tell you, I, I think, you know, for, for what it's worth, mm -hmm. my opinion on, on the story is mm -hmm. that it's, it's the same thing that resonated with me. It's the question of family mm -hmm. and what is family, what right. makes family. You know, we know, we know family isn't blood. We know family isn't marriage. Well, what is it? It, it's something, it's real, it exists, it's hard to define. It's kind of like talent. You know it when you see it, but it, it's hard to define. Uh, and yet, I think we are in a civilization that in many ways is starved for that sense of family, of, of, of a healthy and supportive and loving uh, a group of, of people who, who exchange energy in such a way that they become more than they would be without that group. Mm. And uh, the isolation that is fostered, I think, too many times in our culture works against all of that. 
what happens in the road out of hell is this extreme, horrendous situation visited upon this little boy of, uh, not little boy, a boy of 13, right. uh, for two years, it forces him to address that question in, in a huge way. Uh, I think with us as readers, going through his journey with him in the book then takes us through the answers to what is a family. As he comes out of two years of isolation and torture and a personal Holocaust leveled upon him, only to be a 15-year-old with no family at all who has to build one from scratch, uh, but who does so in a beautiful way and who goes on to live this wonderful life despite the horrendous things done to him over a period of years and and shows that uh, if he can do it, we can do it. This is why I love the story. I mean, this is why I think I ask you the question, Anthony, because, you know, there is right now, I believe, an enormous potential for all of us as individuals and the collective to really make a difference in the world. I know some people say these are the hardest of times, and yet in the story, The Road Out of Hell, you know, the hardest of times becomes an opening for some extraordinary experiences. I wanted to ask you how much of the the theme of the book reflects sort of your perspective on life. Well, um, I, th- I think that comes into the way I approached uh, the mm-hmm. telling of the story. When I went to the uh, publishers and we were first talking about doing this book, I said to them, uh, you have to understand I'm not proposing a true crime book or even an historical true crime book, although technically that's the category this fits into. Right. I said, what I'm going to write here is a novel. And what I mean by that is this has to be a personal journey that this boy goes through. We have to go inside his head and take it with him. The facts are all there, and everything that happens in the book is true. But that's really incidental to the experiencing of the story. Uh, when you read it, I want you to forget whether it's you know nonfiction or fiction, and simply take the journey with this boy. And it's a very dark journey. I have to admit that it's a very hard, dark journey this boy goes through. But the deal I offer to the reader is, if you'll take this journey with me, take this journey with Sanford Clark, these two years on this Wineville murder ranch, this personal Holocaust visited upon this boy, but stay with him in there, and then you'll go through his journey of redemption with him, which is a 55-year marriage that he stayed with until they both died, which is a guy who became beloved by his community, even though they knew he had a background of murdering a number of boys and disposing of their bodies. They understood that he was Stockholm syndromed into doing it, and he earned his way back to acceptance. Uh, with his behavior over the years, and he died as a venerated figure locally. And yet, this was not some Einstein. He wasn't a genius. He didn't cure cancer. He was a regular guy. But I think that's what's so beautiful about this, because once again, it brings this right back and drops it in our own lap. He wasn't someone gifted with a musical genius like Mozart, where we can only shake our head. This is a guy who could be sitting beside you in a coffee shop, but who had this extraordinary thing, random, horrible thing, fall into his life. And his way of climbing back out, I just think, is is a giant story of human dignity that he carried out for half a century afterward. You know, I I have to tell you, uh, Anthony, that one of the things that I am struck by, absolutely, it really is a story that honestly... And let's talk about this for a minute. I think it really butts up against, in contradiction to some of the pop culture, uh, let me just call them, really popular television shows, all of the Law & Order series. Because a lot of times what you see in, in those, those television shows is you see the extreme 
as we would talk about abuse. But then what happens with them is somehow in those genres, they take the victim and turn the victim into a villain. There's there's rarely a story like the one that you tell of Sanford Clark. Right. I think that that kind of goes to the form of television. That kind of stuff just makes for better conflict and better drama and, and a story you can wrap up in 43 minutes between mm. commercials. And, and it's almost like the form itself strangles the truth out of the story. Uh, the wonderful thing about writing books, and I'm someone who's also had to work in the screenplay form and the teleplay mm-hmm. form, is that you get this luxury, this, you know, lie back in a chair and take a deep breath luxury of being able to tell a whole story. Um, now, the essential challenge that this boy's put up against is something anybody can see. You can go right to my website, and I've got a four-minute video on there that was uh, produced by a brilliant production house down in Los Angeles, where it'll tell you the whole story about the boy and how he was kidnapped and what he went through. But the thing that the book can give you is the journey. And if, you, if you'll go down into those punishment pits where that boy was thrown, if you'll sit with him alone in there and do that, I'm not going to do that to you and leave you there. This is not a television program. We are then going to take that boy's journey of redemption with him over the period of of some 50 years afterward. And this is something you can really only do in the book form, or maybe a miniseries, you know, if you had 12 hours for the screenplay, because it just takes time to allow the idea to unfold. So as I say, your basic story... Uh, my website is just anthonyflacco.com, mm-hmm. and right there on the main page, there's a button to click. You can see the video. It'll, it'll tell you the facts of the case, but, you're, but the book is what will take you on his journey. And, yeah. that, and that's what made me want to write it so much. With and, you journey. know, honestly, we're going to give away two copies of the book to those of you out there that just give us a shout. Valerie is on the keyboards in the other room ready to kind of take your call. We actually have two copies of uh, two callers that will receive a copy of the book, The Road Out of Hell, uh, 1-800-930-2819. That's toll free anywhere in the USA, one 800 Give us a call at that number and let us know that you'd like a copy of the book. Uh, when we come back from break, Anthony and I are going to talk about, you know, how this story actually parallels some of the, the headlines right now that we're seeing. And, you know, by the way, you know, can you be abducted for years and years as a child? And and honestly, what is it that we need to understand to allow ourselves to believe that children are really deemed powerless? Wow, I got a lot of questions for Anthony when we come back. Fasten your seatbelts, everybody. Phones are off the hook. We'll be right back with the show. Reach your full potential and increase energy with the superfood of the Inca, Maca Magic. Maca naturally balances hormones, relieves symptoms of PMS, menopause, and erectile dysfunction. Maca increases energy, stamina, and endurance without caffeine. Visit MacaRoot.com. That's M-A-C-A Root.com. Call 541-846-6222. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. 
products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Is it possible to change your physical destiny in just one hour without suffering or willpower? Cat James says yes. Hear what transformed Cat and others as you jumpstart your own freedom from the boot camp body and beauty myths with pioneering experts and real life stories. Cat will get you off the merry-go-round so you can get serious about self-transformation. Are you ready to be transformed? Catch the Cat James Show Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific on the Dr. Pat Show Network. Visit thecatjamesshow.com. Are you feeling stuck? Do you want to be free from fears and doubts and finally feel good about yourself, but you just don't know how to get there? Dr. Schaub's Accelerated Breakthrough Program provides you with the tools and solutions to go beyond your limitations and achieve self-empowered confidence. Call for your free phone consultation at 866-903-MIND. Visit CellularWisdom.com. That's CellularWisdom.com. Do you suffer from insomnia, body aches, fatigue, brain fog, digestive problems, weight gain, or anxiety? You may be dealing with unmanaged stress. The Stress Detective looks for the hidden messages within your stress and partners with you to create a wellness program to dismantle stress from the inside out. Learn to manage your stress and you can stop illness in its tracks. Call Susan Tyler at 888-629-4949 or visit StressDetective.net. Now is the time for you to create the life you want to live. Tap into unlimited possibilities and be the masterpiece you're meant to be. Hi, I'm Dr. Melody Ivory, your personal growth expert and co-host of the Breakthrough Interview Series, Step Into Your Full Greatness on the Dr. Pat Show. With the eye of an artist, the heart of a poet, and the brilliance of a scientist, I'll show you how to dig up the road, pave the road, walk the road, and be the road to your full greatness. I'll tell you what the secret didn't tell you, which myths hold you back, and what hidden talents and skills you need to thrive in these challenging times. I'll help you easily transform your life from the inside out. Now is the time to get to where you really want to be, and I'm here to help you get there. Listen to Step Into Your Full Greatness on the Dr. Pat Show and go to MelodyIvory.com for free articles, poetry, and affirmations. That's MelodyIvory.com. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Dr. Pacho. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And yes, you did respond to the call. And I believe we did give away those uh, copies of the books. Benny gave me a big old thumbs up. Thanks to Anthony Flacco joining us here today. So I want to also encourage you all to go to the website because what Anthony has done, I was talking about this during break. He's created this video that's on his homepage that gives you sort of a synopsis, gives you uh, just a beautiful idea of what the book is about. And also, he's really got some incredible, you know, pictures in here that really look at some of the some of the the points in time, some of the real pivotal pictures that represent the story that he's telling. One of the pictures actually looks like my family. One of the guys in the picture with the little kid and the mom that could be like. My folks. But Anthony is joining us here today. The website to find all of that is anthonyflacco.com, F-L-A-C-C-O.com. Check it out. The book is The Road Out of Hell. Anthony, thank you for joining us here today, and congratulations on what a smash hit well, you've got you, going Pat. on. I'm so glad to be here with you. 
it's exciting. I wanted to, you know, kind of fast forward for a moment because I know that you don't write a book like this without learning something. And I can't help but think about almost every day there's a new story about a child missing, a child being, uh, you know, abducted. I don't know what it is. Maybe you can help me. First of all, my question is, if this happens to a child and they are recovered years later, what do you believe is the impact? Can they live a normal life? And the other question is, are we just hearing more about it these days because we can hear more about it? Or do you believe that this has been a phenomenon that's on the rise? Well, you know, I had an opportunity for a while uh, to study with John Douglas, the uh, FBI profiler who, who created the profiling unit uh, at the FBI. And uh, I, after, after working with him and, and getting his insights into human character, I'm, I'm convinced this has gone on all through history. And, and we are just hearing about it more now because we're more linked up than we've ever been in the past. I think that this stuff, like child abuse, uh, like incest, have been uh, plagues running through humanity throughout our existence, but it has been in the dark and in secret. Uh, so on one hand, it's a double-edged sword. We hear so much about it. It's depressing. It's, it's an overdose of this kind of toxic behavior. It's burdensome for us to have it around in our faces all the time in the media. But it has also thrown the light on this. And if we're ever going to get a handle on this kind of behavior and do something to curb it uh, out of the human experience, then, then acknowledging it and seeing it's the only way to go. Uh, in fact, in, in The Road Out of Hell, the only reason they were able to terrorize Stanford for two years was they had him isolated alone out on that murder ranch out in the desert. And uh, the darkness that favored them in those times, the fact that people weren't connected, is, is how they were able to keep him there and, mm. and keep him away from others. Mm. Uh, and yet, and yet, once you've isolated somebody, once you've gotten the Stockholm Syndrome on them and, and their mentality is victimized, I believe they can have their own iPhone right there with them and be able to text home, and they won't do it. Uh, there is there's something in the human survival mechanism that when we are put in such horrible jeopardy and fear and pain, it shuts down, and we become just these functional beings, almost like zombies. And it, it's how we get through experiences that are they're too painful to mm -hmm. endure. And ultimately, it's a healthy thing. It's a protective device, but it also leaves us to be uh, used and victimized by whoever's in control. I think today's case of a... Uh, J.C. Dugard that's in the news with the girls, you know, kept in that backyard for mm -hmm. years. Well, the big question about it, the, the sexual pervert himself, he's not interesting. His drives are not interesting. What's interesting is what about those girls? Yeah. How do you keep them behind a fence all those years? You remember being a kid. You know yep. how curious you were about things. I don't know if you ever snuck out of the house at night, but I did. I got to uh, tell you, I got the whipping of my life at about five years old for crossing the street and, you know, hanging out. at. I grew up in the Bronx, crossing the street at the handball carts and hanging out with the big boys over there. Right. I, I, and, you know, honestly, and the whipping didn't stop me. <laughs> no, it's a natural human thing. And that has to be completely overridden by a controller. In a exactly. Case like the Dugards. Well, that to me is what makes the story interesting. What are those invisible chains made out of? It's what makes Sanford's story interesting, the invisible chains that held him on the murder ranch. And then I think it, it also launches into the question of how can anyone possibly possibly recover from something like this. You know, uh, th can I ask you a question? Because you know what I was struck by in looking at all of this and looking at what you've done? The, you, what, the points you're bringing up are incredible, and I agree with you. I'm not interested in, you, you know, the... the <laughs> 
the sexual deviant story, but how the children could play out in this backyard is of interest to so many people. Yeah. Yet, Anthony, at the same time, we also have a phenomenon here in this country right now where we have millions of people in very abusive situations, both in homes and in the workplace, that yes. just can't leave. Yes. It's kind of an interesting phenomenon, don't you think? Well, yes, uh, but I, it, to me it seems like two separate things. Yeah, when they are. When you're trapped by pragmatism, you're in a job that, that, that's beating <laughs> you down, but you have to have it, or a relationship, but you'll be broke if you leave and you're, you're afraid you'll starve. Those, those are very practical considerations. Yep. And not quite the same as the complete psychological beatdown that victims get in, in these states of captivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, in Sanford's case, it was done with huge uh, uh, elements of brutality, but as we see in a case like J.C. Dugard, uh, it, it doesn't have to involve fathers. Uh, there's been no news out suggesting these girls were subjected to right. beatings and torture. It can be done just through mind control, but mm-hmm. the ultimate result is the loss of individual free will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the, the kids are very impressionable, though. I mean, yes. we can't forget that. You know, I've always been, I really, I, I wish somebody would talk about it more. I, I've always been in awe about the whole P- Patty Hearst thing. Yes. And I never quite understood that. Is it that we've gotten smarter since then, or we just didn't believe her? I, I think we've gotten more sophisticated. I don't know if we're smarter, but we've heard enough of these stories now to where I think most people at least recognize the phrase Stockholm Syndrome. Mm-hmm. They might not be able to define it, but they know it has something to do with being a captive and not being able to get away. And uh, Patty Hearst was kind of our first, I think, big public case in this country that began to introduce us to that concept. Uh, the interesting thing about, about Sanford Clark's situation, there, there was no Stockholm Syndrome recognized back in his day, right. but there was an assistant district attorney named Loyal Kelly who intuitively understood that Sanford was a victim and not a perpetrator and made all the difference in the world. If not for him, Sanford might well have been tried for murder, uh, put in prison with you know grown men and crazy felons, and that would have been the end of him, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this guy began the process of Sanford's redemption. It was his sister, Jesse, and his wife, June, who completed that process with him. These two strong women stayed right by his side for the next half century, and they worked out a very specific method for getting together with him and pulling him back from the dumps when despair would overtake him and the memories would hit him. So he was benefacted by a Loyal Kelly on one hand and these two women on the other, and, and that trio of people floated him through the rest of his life. Whenever his own spirits would have failed or despair would have overcome him, this artificial family, this secondary family that he formed uh, to replace the toxic family he was given is the thing that got him through. And that's the message I think this book has for everybody else. We can't control the families we're born into. We can control the families we have when we die, the families we have as we go through life. They may or may not be blood or marriage, but they will be people who will stand up for each other. And and when you know someone's got your back, that's part of my basic definition of what a family member is. I love what you're talking about, uh, Anthony. This is such an important message. To know that, you know, we have each other right now, that, you know, we're kindred spirits, love heals all, whatever one wants to look at. But what it really talks to is the hope and the compassion as human beings that we can demonstrate to help another, don't you think? Absolutely. The, uh, the book uh, is very dark. The journey that it goes through is very dark, but that's only so that we can fully appreciate mm. the distance he travels in his redemption. And that 
remains there for everybody. Uh, it, it's what got me through the writing of this book, because it was so difficult to write the terrible passages. Right. I was identifying with this boy and trying to write from his point of view. But I also knew where it was going in the end, and that's what kept me going. And that's really what I offer the reader. If you'll take that journey with that boy, go down into those pits. It's the pit of despair that he's in. And we all know what that pit is, whether or not we're ever thrown in one physically. We understand that 2 a.m. of the soul. Well, this boy had one that lasted for two years, night and day. And when we go out of it with him, uh, it lifts us up with him. And uh, that's what he has to offer us of value from his story and his life. You know, one of the things that I'm, I'm so thrilled, first of all, thank you for joining us here today. One of My the things pleasure. that I wanted to ask you is, you know, your personal message for our listeners today. What would you like to leave with all of us? Um, certainly, this is a story of hope and, of course, redemption. But more importantly, the message that I get from it is we can really be there for each other. Yes. You know, back in the 60s, they had a bumper sticker that was absolutely true, but because it was a bumper sticker, it became a cliche, and it's a little unfortunate. But I remember seeing it around all the time, and it simply said, we're all going to die, and love is the answer. That's right. I think I had one of those. (laughs) Yeah, now, that may be a cliched bumper sticker, but the fact is, when you put it to work day-to-day in real life, it becomes one of the most powerful tools you could possibly have because it keeps us in a place of gratitude, and it keeps us in a place of optimism. And those are the power states of mind. Those are where we take things that have been beating us down and turn them into things that we build ourselves up with. Wow. Anthony Flacco joining us here today, The Road Out of Hell. Check, go to the website, anthonyflacco.com, and please take a look at the video. It is so well done. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us here today. 